0: Hello. As I'm sure you can tell, this isn't Declan. This is the voice of Patrick, one of the show's producers and the guy who emails scripts. Before we get to this week's episode of O Wayward Nights, we have a short message from Platform. We are looking to continue projects like this show in the future. So if you have a story to tell and this format is interesting to you, please shoot us an email at opendoor at platformprodco.com. We look forward to hearing from you and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Wayward Nights. As always, I am your host, Declan Grogan, and join with me. uh, We're going to be doing first names this time because I think we're all on a first name basis. Alan is being played by Casey.
2: Hello and goodbye.
1: Oh, no. Nicole is playing the role of Hannah.
3: I am so glad that you've made it this far.
1: (laughs) Liam is playing the role of Chris. Yeah, it's hello to those who chose to keep watching <laughs> in spite of all the obstacles. Oh my gosh. All right. Basie has played the role of Chloe.
0: <laughs> hey, y'all. All right. That has been Oh Wayward Nights. Thank you so much for tuning in. That is it.
1: <laughs> and finally, George is playing the role of Zach.
4: How's it going, y'all? You're doing amazing, sweetie.
1: Yeah. All right. If you, The amount of jokes you guys have made about me telling people they don't have to listen... I like have been like, I wish I could cut that out now, but there's so many jokes, it has to stay in. So people are just going to get to decide. Maybe if people just choose episode six as the first one to listen to. You probably shouldn't. Or you
0: can just edit them, and then our our sentences just cut off at random times.
1: (laughs) We don't close the gap. We just have like random chunks of uh, silence.
0: (laughs) It's like, hi, I'm Macy. That's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because you always do introduce yourself and then immediately make a joke at my expense.
2: (laughs) That's the brand. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, that is the brand. There's no footage to work with because it's all in some way making fun of Declan. It's all been redacted <laughs> to preserve Declan's dignity. That's what it's...
2: <laughs> it's just our introductions and then the end credits. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> just an hour of beratement. Uh, I've got to say, yeah, this is our final episode. Our six-week uh, our 6 week experiment is coming to an end. And um, yeah, I've never been more excited to see how this finishes off with our very special episode. That involves Alan. The episode's name is Alan, who is played by Casey Reha here. So I'm going to hand the floor over to Casey to give us a rundown of his life story and and promote whatever he wants to promote, especially uh, his website, which we talked about before the recording started. You
2: mean CaseyRehaVO.com?
3: Yeah,
1: that's the one. That's the one.
3: (laughs) I think I've heard of that before.
2: You can find me on Fiverr and any other platform that services. Exactly. Any other platform. Ashley Madison. No, um, <laughs> my name Deep cut. is Casey Reha. Um, my big thing is that uh, I've been doing theater for over 25 years. I finally did the count the other day, and I've been in over 100 unique shows. Uh, but my big claim to fame party favor trick thing I can do is on any Alexa device, and I apologize if this sets off anyone's Alexa device, uh, you can say, Alexa, open Amazon Storytime. And then after she asks you what story do you want to hear... If you say the words either uh, pizza, penguin, Legos, or uh, marshmallows, uh, my voice will appear on any Alexa device in the world. So it's kind of cool. Um, it's some amazing children's stories I got to do here in Seattle, which is where I'm based out of. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's my life. I tell stories for a living and it's kind of cool. Uh,
3: excuse me. I have to go downstairs where my Alexa is for no particular reason. I just want okay, to see Okay, everyone...
2: Everyone, just sit tight. We're gonna.
1: I I almost did just get up and just go do it real quick, and I'm like, oh, just fuck the podcast. We'll just, <laughs> just this. Seat. Yeah, hold on, everyone, everyone on the podcast, stop listening for one second and go try this on your Alexa right now. We'll This come is back. the perfect
3: place to pause.
1: You don't have to listen to this, but you have to listen to Casey tell you a story about Legos. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised when we did we did open auditions for this, at Casey came in. I had every we had every single one of you. You guys all had to do this where. We did a read through where every single line they had to change their voice and do a random accent because, you know, we need to make sure that they could do a good Brooklyn accent for the trees or stuff like that, just like for the little filling characters. And uh, Casey, the whole time you probably had like upwards of 50 lines. You never ran out of voices. And I remember we like left that whole interview and we just like Patrick and I were like, you know, I think that guy knows what he's doing.
2: (laughs) I both do. And I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, which is the sign of a good artist.
1: That's acting. But uh, that's exactly why we're like, yeah, get him in here. We need him to do uh, a voice of Tree 4. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, the update right now is um, that we usually send out the extra roles that they are performing this uh, episode. And we have chose not to do that for this one because we don't want to spoil anything about the finale uh, for your guys' read. So with that in mind, what are your predictions for the last episode? What are you going to get for Alan? What do you think is going to be the absolute closer to everything that's happening here?
2: You know, it's it's been fun stepping in the shoes of Alan because obviously there's similar characters that I've witnessed growing up. Um, There's remnants of Alan from when I was in high school many years ago. Um, But what I I love is that, like, yeah, he is the de facto leader, but I think it's just something he takes naturally. And, um, you know, there still is very much a round robin sense of everyone has their time to shine in this group. Um, But I also feel like he has some legit problems with a hero complex. And I think with the Red Bandit and his like associations to that from a young age, he needs to be the hero. And he kind of puts blinders on about, I need to be the hero. I need to be the fixer. I know what everyone else needs more than I do. And there's a lot of not being in the present and not just sitting and listening to his friends, who he actually does love and respect, about... What they know is going to be the best for him. Um, so I've I've come up with three possible endings. Um, we might be doing one last we might be doing one last train heist because I'm like, well, it has to be a red bandit kind of episode, but we had that in the first episode. Uh, there's going to be a, a wild west OK corral shootout with everyone with NES laser guns, or. Um, I eventually, Alan's going to say I can't do this anymore, and Hannah is going to. The real hero of the story is going to firemen carry him up to the fires of Mount Doom, and have him throw his college acceptance letter into the fires before the Red Bandit can get his hands on his precious.
1: Oh, shit. I can't believe you cracked the big spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) All three
0: of them happen.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And then the eagles come and they pick everyone up and bring them to safety. Patrick,
0: write the mountain out of the script right now.
1: (laughs) I got it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Producer, please save me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so so interesting that, like, what you said, Casey, because thinking about this episode, I had no idea, like, where and what the fantasy aspect was going to be, because I didn't, because everyone else had. Like, their fantasies took the form of the media that they consumed to escape, and I couldn't figure out, like, what that was for Alan, you know, but I think you saying, like, the Wild West or, like, the Red Bandit cartoon, that that feels right, so I could totally see, see, like, that being where his his headspace is. I see either that
3: or complete 180, and his fantasy is nothing but reality.
0: Like, memories? Oh my god.
2: Oh Yeah. Or, like, his his uh, his idea of, like, this is the reality that's going to make me and everyone else around me happy. Like, yeah, it could totally be that.
4: I just, I think Alan's been the Red Bandit the whole time. I think we're looking at a Christopher
1: Nolan ending. <laughs> oh, my God. Alan has multiple personalities, and he's all five of them, and the Red Bandit, and the entire he town. Is the
0: Red Bandit. <laughs>
1: Every character is Alan. <laughs> oh,
2: Tyler Durden, Fight Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I think th- this, this is interesting because I think, like, because regardless, like, Alan is gonna has to leave his friends in some capacity. Either they're gonna go in like, but it's like now we have to see like, is he gonna accept it and is is he gonna enjoy his time and like you know spend time with them before they leave, or is he gonna push them away in his like like you like like you said Casey like he's he's blinded by his chase for the red bandit. He's gonna push all his friends away. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I got one other question though because I'm kind of curious. It's, I remember the only information I gave you guys on your characters was that sheet. With like, like, like a paragraph explaining them. Where, how, like, I, I, because I genuinely, I had known the story when I wrote those, but I didn't really say a lot. Like, where's the uh, can now knowing more of your character, who they are. W- was there surprises along the way, or was it a uh, pretty straight down to the bone still?
0: I had my guard up at first, just I think because there was so not little, it, yeah, because there was so little that you told us. I was like. I think there's another layer to this character that I'm going to figure out, you know, but I think, but what the description that you gave us was great enough to get us in the door with the characters. And then once we figured out, you know, their rhythms and their, you know, their heartbeat, like what, figuring out actually like what their like introspection was, you know.
2: I think um, the the thing that's always scary about you only know so much about a character as you're beginning to study them is that if you don't get to read their entire journey beforehand, you're making a lot of risks and going out on a lot of limbs. And then, you know, by the final episode, you're like, Alan finally drops his Brooklyn accent. And you go, shit, really? I should have the whole time been... Um, but but it's, it's cool because you do get to go on the journey that, like, as the character is discovering something about themselves, you're also discovering things about the character. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I definitely went into playing Zach with a a more generalized preconception. And it it took me it did definitely at least an episode or two to get out of the sense of um introversion or shyness is sort of a more generalized, you know, sort of wash and more sort sort of why why the character is this way, you know, and that not all introversion and shyness manifests the same way. And it definitely doesn't manifest out of a uh like a sense of weakness or, you know, that that and and I I found a lot more Strength in the character for sure in the way that he presented himself depending on the situation which was interesting to me because at first glance it was you know oh i'm playing the shy character and you know but but what is the reason for that you know and then also when 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 is when does the situation demand something more of him or a different dimension of him
1: yeah i'll say zach is probably the most difficult i i tried to give you a little bit more than everyone else just because you know you don't have a, you if you go through and have a character who doesn't say much the whole time, like it, it's hard to pick up on the whole journey, as Casey was talking about, so I hope I gave you enough. I mean you definitely delivered perfectly, so uh, I, I think you did a great job no matter what
3: so Hannah uh, <laughs> her you know the blurb that you sent me what you know it says she's she's a badass, she's confident, and then almost immediately in the blurb talked about. What she wasn't confident about, um, and it was just like a line. I think of just like a, a look into the fact that she is putting on a face. And I think I went into this thinking that, and that it it was it generally pretty true for Hannah. But I also think she has a bigger heart than I initially thought of this character. Like I. I kind of went in thinking, okay, so maybe a little closed off and like that's where the confidence, like the air of confidence is coming from. And while she was in certain aspects, she's not with her friends, which I think is really interesting. Um and so yeah, no, I I'm I've seen I've seen her grow and uh blossom and it's just been it's been really fun. I'd say she has the biggest heart in the team. She definitely cares with like everything she has which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also think, I, I think it's an interesting kind of like, you know, ju- like a, you know, correlation, like, because when we, when we first got, right, when you say, when we first kind of stepped into the shoes of these characters, we only got very kind of small, vague, generic kind of blurb about them. And I think you can say that, like, that's sort of where the characters started. They're like, the way we see them are these kind of like generic archetypes of like, oh, the funny friend, the the shy one, the quiet one. But I think as – again, as we've learned more about our characters, they've we, – we've kind of peeled back the layers and see that, all oh, these, these characters aren't as generic and as vague as we kind of initially thought they were. You know, all these characters, they have their – you know, and I think, too, there's a lot of complexity comes from – while these characters may be simple, the way they interact with one another is extremely complex. Um, and so I think that's just been – I just – I'm I have so much fun just, like, watching these characters interact – like different because you know no matter what kind of fantasy world we go to or whatever it's it's kind of just always boils down to like these two characters are kind of locked in a room together what's like what's gonna happen um, and I and I really really enjoyed that yeah I think I, I I definitely had a lot of fun writing those I I wrote this whole thing and then wrote the throwing rocks at a picket fence sketches that we did early on. That's as the listener, you you won't hear these unless it's on the Kickstarter or whatever else. I'm not trying to plug the Kickstarter, but uh, that is there's an extra episode about these little sketches that we ran through so that they could experience the character, interact with each other, and have a little of experience doing cold reads before we jumped into the actual recording. And writing those is like, oh, this is so much fun! It's just like a little sketch. But for someone who's never read any of these characters and didn't understand, it totally boiled them back down to like this very easy to understand, like simplistic characters and. Uh, Just like jokes around. So I'm going to ask you guys a little bit more about that after we do the read. But I think right now, uh, Patrick, why don't you send out the final script? Uh, And then we'll dive into our episode six, Alan.
0: I can't wait for all these characters to survive at the end of this episode. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm
3: really excited to see no trauma or lasting uh, issues. At all. Right,
1: Declan? <laughs> well, I mean, what is it? You guys have, the characters have died like five times already now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hannah was like, I've died so many times, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, mild hallucinations. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I almost died in real life, broke my neck. Do we need to set up a Deadpool? <laughs> a death count. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do we all have the script? Yeah. Yep. All right. We will see you on the other side. Alan walks the rocky, thin, and coarse shores alone, chasing a man that does not exist. It's dark. Darker than it's ever been before, as the sky shows every symptom of a mythic storm save for rain. Way off where it's safe and warm, a clock would strike 4 a.m., but Alan is neither aware of this, nor does he care. For a hundred yards in front of him, the bandit presses on just out of reach, and only two weeks remain till the end of summer. Hey! Alan shouts out, but the bandit does not stop.
5: I see you! I know you can hear me!
1: The bandit is unaffected by Alan's shouts.
5: You're you're gonna have to stop eventually! Might as well save the time and just do it now!
1: The bandit sharply turns towards the woods and disappears behind the tree line. Shit! Alan sprints after him, but is immediately stopped in his tracks for he stands before a large cave. A large cave that an old fisherman chooses as his favorite fishing spot, and a large cave hungry squirrels had led Alan to only a few months prior. I know you're in there! Alan's voice echoes down to the cave, far past where light can reach. He stands uneasy before this natural mouth, ready to swallow him into the earth.
2: Ah, screw it.
1: Alan enters the cave and is engulfed in its darkness. I'm not leaving till you talk to me. He walks further into nothingness.
5: Not until you tell me what you meant. How I can change it. Alan stumbles blindly.
1: How I can stop us from leaving. Is that what you want? A match is lit far into the cavern, illuminating the bandit's face. You said I could stop it. No, I didn't.
5: Y- yes you did! You said I didn't have to be alone! I did. Well, then, then do it! Make me not alone!
1: Go back to your friends.
5: Not until you fix it!
1: Look around you, Alan. See anyone here? You're alone. You've done this to yourself. Fix it! Go back to your friends. That's how you'll fix it.
5: No, it won't! No, in two weeks, it'll all be gone. No, it's not. It is!
1: Goodbye, Alan. No! D- no! You don't get to leave! Alan runs blindly through the cave towards the bandit. The bandit only watches as the gap between them closes. <sighs> we'll do it the hard way, then. The bandit blows out the match, and Alan trips. He falls, but there is no cave floor, only a deep hole hidden by the darkness. Alan falls for what seems like forever, only to land inside a grocery store. He looks around bewildered at the frozen food section he is standing in. He sees in a glass fridge door that his chin is covered in an unkept stubble. Alan! Alan turns to see Chloe pushing a shopping cart towards him. The cart is occupied by a baby.
0: Is that really you? It's been years. How have you been? Chloe? I haven't seen you since we went off to college. What have you been up to?
2: Chloe, y- you have a baby.
0: Oh, yeah. This is Kelly. Isn't she adorable?
1: You're married.
0: For seven happy years.
1: She holds up a beautiful diamond ring.
0: Me and Zach sent you an invite, but you never responded.
1: Whoa, but Zach? Hey, honey, they're out of their coffee. You like? Zach enters the aisle, looking better than a Hallmark Christmas movie love interest. Alan, what are you doing in Chicago?
2: Chicago?
1: I
4: thought you were still living in Silver River. Finally, decide to branch out. W- what? What's going
2: on?
0: Well, it's great to see you again, Alan. But we've got to get home. Kelly needs her nap.
2: Th- th- this isn't right. You okay, Alan? You're looking a little sick. No, no, I, I know you're doing this, Bandit. Take me out of it!
0: Bandit? Are you still on about that Bandit?
1: Alan shells past them and stumbles to the grocery store door. He pushes his way past the front doors into blinding sunlight. His eyes adjust. Alan is standing in a classy wooden elevator. What the hell? The doors slide open and Chris steps in, wearing an expensive suit. He's talking on a cell phone. I don't care if it's 4am over there. We need to invest in the yen. Chris! Chris freezes. Tom, I'm going to have to call you back. He hangs up as the elevator doors close. Chris hits the button for the top floor. Alan, how the hell are you?
2: Chris, you you look so... old.
1: What are you doing on Wall Street, man? Don't you know the college dropouts aren't welcome here? What? I'm just busting your chops. Man, after you didn't show to Chloe and Zach's wedding, I thought I'd never see you again. You should have given me a heads up you were coming. We, we could have gotten lunch. Well,
2: what did you mean, college dropout?
1: Ah, well, hey, I didn't mean any offense.
2: Uh, I dropped out of college?
1: Well, I mean, you never made it there. You stayed in Silver River, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But look at you now! You made it all the way to the Big Apple. That stubble looks great, by the way. The unshaven look is in right now. The elevator door is open. Well, it was great to catch up, but we've got a big deal to close on the Chinese stock market. I'm pretty busy this week, but let me know if you're around. We'll get dinner. My treat. Chris leaves the elevator. Chris, Wait! Alan falls behind, but as soon as he steps out of the elevator, he finds himself under a streetlight in a suburban neighborhood. He's facing a big red house with a large oak door. The door opens.
3: Well, what does Cheryl know about parenting? Our kid's a track star. Her son just does quizble.
1: Hannah stands in the doorway holding a trash bag. She shuts the door and walks to the trash cans at the end of the driveway. Hannah. Hannah looks up and stops. She looks like she's seen a ghost.
3: Alan.
2: W- what are you doing here?
3: What am I doing here? What are you doing here?
2: I don't know.
3: You can't do this, Alan. You, you can't just show up at my house like this.
2: No, I, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I don't think I did.
3: You have to go. W-
2: wait, Hannah.
3: You have to go, Alan.
2: Hannah, please.
3: Don't do this, Alan. Just go back to Michigan, where you belong.
2: Oh, come on, Hannah.
3: Why now, Alan? Huh? Why now, of all times? I don't see you for 20 years. And now you just show up out of the blue? Th-
2: that wasn't me, Hannah.
3: Then who was it? It was bad enough that you. You never came to visit me at school, but. But you didn't even give me the satisfaction of a breakup. You didn't reach out once. Who does that? I,
5: I don't know what's
3: happening. You didn't even try, Alan. You gave up on us. It's over. It's been over for 20 years. I shouldn't even have to say that. Hannah,
1: please?
3: Go home, Alan.
1: Hannah walks back to the house. Hannah! She slams the door behind her. No. Alan runs to the door. No! He knocks on it furiously. No!
5: It wasn't me! You have to believe me, Hannah!
1: The door swings open to reveal the bandit standing in frame. Had enough? This isn't real. But you felt it, right? It might as well be, right? Why would you do this? This is how you think it will be.
5: I know! That's why I'm here!
1: You still don't get it. This this can't happen. I, I, I need you to fix it. That's what you want? That's really what you want? Okay, Alan, let's try this again. The bandit shoves Alan, and he falls backwards to the ground, hitting his head against the concrete. He sits up and rubs his head, but something doesn't feel right. He looks at his hand to see it's small. His whole body is smaller.
3: You did it, Alan.
1: Before Alan stands a very young version of Hannah. Looking around, Alan sees all of his friends, practically toddlers, standing around him in the driveway right outside of the garage.
0: What happened? You convinced the bandit to save us. He made us all young again. He made us young forever.
3: What? Now we can play all day and never worry about getting old. We never have to grow apart. We never have to leave. We can spend every day together, just like you wanted.
2: Well, l- like I wanted?
0: Oh, cheer up, Alan! We'll be happy, forever! I know! Let's play Tales of the Wild West! That's a great idea!
5: You can be Donnie!
1: They're all suddenly wearing their costumes they used to play.
2: No... no, this... this isn't right.
5: What's the matter?
1: Isn't this what you were chasing the bandit for?
5: Isn't this what you wanted? No, I-I-I don't want this! Well, then what do you want?
1: They stand around little Alan, all smiles.
2: I... I don't know...
1: They disappear. Alan is left alone.
2: I don't... I didn't want to lose what we had.
1: The scene around him disappears. Alan is left in the dark.
2: I didn't want to lose you.
1: But you did. The bandit lights another match, illuminating his face within the cave. Here you are, alone in a cave instead of with your friends back in town.
2: I was saving us.
1: You spent so long trying to make time last that you forgot to live it. You tried to chase these nights so hard, hoping to hold on to every last memory, that you were blind to what made them great. Not the nights themselves, but the people you shared them with.
2: It doesn't matter. In two weeks, we're gone. And then, it's all lost.
1: The darkness of the cave transforms into a star-filled night sky, as Alan and the bandit rest above the storm clouds floating through the Milky Way. Everything comes to an end, even chapters of your life. Prolonging the inevitable only causes pain.
2: Then what am I supposed to do, huh? Let it all go? Just let my friendships die out.
1: You already have. What? Changing the course of time is impossible. But whether you maintain a friend is entirely in your hands. And just by being here, you have chosen wrong. Then what do I do? I've said it twice before, and I'll say it again. The bandit blows up the match, and Alan is brought back to the darkness of the cave. A slimmer of light pours through the cave entrance. Go back to your friends. Alan runs into the night air without a second thought and books it back to town. Across the shrinking distance, Hannah, Chloe, Zach, and Chris all sit inside the garage. They look exhausted as they wait in silence, looking to the floor.
0: He's not coming.
1: Yes, he is. He clearly isn't. He'll be here.
3: He made his choice, Zach. If he wants to chase the bandit the rest of his life, that's on him. I'm not letting him drag us down, too.
4: Give him a few more minutes.
3: We already
0: did. I'm exhausted. Let's just give up. No. Forget it, Zack. It's over. Please, just, just give me one more minute.
1: Alan stands in the garage, catching his breath from running the fastest mile of his life. He smiles, but the party in the garage shows him no such warmth.
0: Find your imaginary boyfriend, Alan?
1: Well, yes, actually.
0: Let's go, guys.
5: No, no, wait, 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 wait. Just, just... Wait.
3: You made your choice, Alan.
1: Yeah, what she said.
3: I don't need help, Chris. Uh,
1: what she said.
2: Look, look, I know I've been an ass. Guys, just, just please give me another chance.
3: You're gonna have to do better than that.
2: Okay, okay, um, um, I'm... I'm sorry about dragging you all on a wild goose chase all summer. I'm sorry about making hasty decisions for the group, not taking your opinions into account, and, um, just... Just... Generally
1: being snippy? The room is still cold.
3: I forgive you! Damn it, Chris! Not yet! You forgot something!
1: Alan looks into Hannah's eyes, and it becomes abundantly clear.
2: I'm... I'm sorry... for giving up on us. It will never happen again.
4: Gross.
3: Welcome back, Alan. What she said! So, what's the plan, Zach?
4: Simple. We find Chris's dad.
1: And beat the shit out of him!
4: Well, no. I mean, we could probably just
1: talk to him out of... We beat the shit out of him! Chris runs from the garage into the night. Hey, come on, man. That's my move. I don't see a pen! Let's go! The group heads off under a night sky whose thick layer of clouds seems to be dissolving, allowing a few stars to appear. They make their way to Town Hall and feel more than free to let themselves inside. Within the mayor's office, Mr. Reed frantically connects tubes and canisters all to a large, ominous red button on his desk. The doors kick open. Rubber! What the hell? Chris, those doors are mahogany. We're here to beat the shit out of you, old man. What? No, no. We're here to talk. There's nothing left to talk about.
3: What about not drugging the town into submission?
1: It's not... Look, this plan is happening tonight whether you like it or not. As soon as I hit this button, the water towers will connect to the town's water and gas lines. Sinister! It's not... Sinister. It'll save the town.
2: Keeping people here won't save Silver River.
1: It will. When people leave, they don't come back, so now they won't leave. Just watch. The mayor goes to hit the button, but Alan lunges for it. He grabs it off the desk, ripping tubes from canisters, allowing gas to flow into the room. Alan, give that back to me. No. Give it back. No! The mayor tries to grab it from his hands. They play a game of cat and mouse as the room fills with gas. Ugh. Anyone else feeling funny?
3: We have to stop the gas. Sinister.
1: Alan and the mayor run through the room as the rest of the party tries to plug the canisters, but too many are loose. The room begins to spin. Uh, We should have just beaten the shit out of him. The room fades to black. Alan wakes up on a dusty road dressed as Donnie the Cowboy. He sits up to see he's in a perfect reconstruction of the ghost town from their favorite childhood TV show, Tales of the Wild West. The red button is still in his hand. Give me the button, Alan. Across the dusty road, Mayor Reed stands dressed as the bandit.
2: I don't think so.
3: Uh, what's going on?
1: From a saloon, Hannah, Chris, Chloe, and Zach emerge, dressed as cowgirl, bartender, damsel, and train conductor. Aw, come on. Why does Alan get to be Donnie? Stay back. Just give me the button and no one gets hurt. Never. The clock strikes noon. Have it your way. Like a classic Power Rangers episode, the mayor grows 50 feet tall. What the hell?
5: Sinister. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's not fair. Give
1: me the party. Shit. The mayor charges. Alan runs for his life.
5: What do we do? I don't know. We have to do something.
1: Alan runs with the monstrous mayor on his tail. He trips and fumbles the button in front of him. No! He scrambles for it, but the mayor's monstrous stride reaches it first. As Mr. Reed reaches for the button, Alan sees the real bandit far off in the distance standing in the desert. What? The bandit nods and then walks away, disappearing as the mirage he is.
2: It's not real.
1: As the mayor grabs the tiny button in between his massive fingers, Alan closes his eyes. From seemingly nowhere, a train hurtles into the mayor's legs, causing the 50-story monster to lose balance and fall. The front door to the train opens.
5: Hello, stowaways! What? Guard Guy? Yes, it is
1: I, beloved character Guard Guy! The mayor groans as he attempts to get to his feet. Alan rushes the button and snags it before turning back towards the rest of the gang.
3: Guys! Guys, it's all fake!
4: Uh, yeah.
3: We know that! We've been trying to tell you that for weeks! No, 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 no! No, it's fake. It's like a dream. Oh,
1: I get it. Chris's wardrobe changes from barman to international spy 0000 double in the blink of an eye. Yes. He takes out his double gun. Let's beat the shit out of my dad. Chris fires the gun, but instead of it launching two bullets, a grappling hook shoots forth. It latches onto the ear of the now-stabled mayor, and Chris flies into the air. My turn. The carts of the train burst open as fancy folk dressed in silver and pearls pour out onto the sea.
3: Attack the 50-foot man! Anything for you, Miss McNamara? Here goes
1: nothing. With a clap of her hands, Hannah summons forth an army of woodland creatures who charge at the mayor's feet. Eat his flesh! Get the hell out of here, Dip! I don't want you here! Dip only wishes to eat your father! Dude, don't say it like that. Chris flies through the air as Zack lets out a whistle and summons virtual Street Fighters, the Barrio Brothers, and even large rectangular pong paddles from the ground. Charge! The video game characters join the ranks of the fancy folks. They climb up the mayor's torso, scratching and tearing in any way possible. The mayor tries swatting them off, but it's too much. Hey, Dad! Chris swings by in his grappling hook, holding a deck of cards with the word "magic" written on them. Pick a card. Chris throws the deck and it bursts forth with thousands of cards aimed right at the mayor's face, leaving him blinded. The cards fall to the earth, showing that every single one of them is an ace of spades.
3: The perfect card trick.
1: Bring him down. Woodpeckers bomb the mayor with acorns from above as he stumbles backwards and trips on a grove of trees.
3: Guess your chances goodbye. Horny trees.
1: Oh, we figured we'd help you make out a way to win. Oh. See what we did there with the makeout pun?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. Relax. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Damn!
1: The mayor tumbles to the earth as the pong paddles hold him in place. The chipmunks use Chris's grappling hook to tie him down. The silver-studded fancy folks slap and kick any part of him that they can reach. It's a mess of genre that would give any sane writer a headache. Love you, Dad. Let me go! Alan looks on at the cast and can't help but smile. He sees Hannah commanding Dip's army. He sees Chris fire his double gun in the air. He sees Chloe direct a cast of fancy folk and acts of violence. He sees Zach scream out in joy as he rides a pong paddle through the sky like a rocket. And he sees the Red Bandit stand before the mayor's feet. The bandit snaps, and all goes dark, leaving Alan and the bandit alone. What are you- I'm nothing. Just like your friends say. Then-
2: Then how is this all happening? It isn't. It's just... Oxygen. (laughs) Oxygen can't do this.
1: That's true. It's only a catalyst. A spark to light the mind on fire. To bend reality and commune with what lies beneath the surface. There are secrets to Silver River that you'll never understand. Deep underground, far into a cave. They aren't for you. They were here long before you and they'll be here long after. They're meant for another... Many more, and all. And yet here we are face to face. This is not fate. This is not magic. This is not the purpose. It just so happened we crossed paths on one wayward night. So, now what? Now, you close a chapter on your life. The bandit vanishes, and in this place, the mayor sits huddled on the ground. It's over, isn't it? Yeah. And there's no saving silver River. People will keep leaving until there's no one left. That's not true. You don't know that. You haven't seen the numbers. You you haven't seen everyone you know disappear. I have.
2: My brother left years ago. I thought it was on me that he never came back, but now I know it's on him.
1: You'll be the same way. You'll leave in a few weeks and then you'll see. (laughs) Mr. Reed,
2: we choose who to keep up with and make time for. I'm not giving up on Silver River. I will be back.
1: Alan holds the button in hand. And who knows? Maybe others will start coming back too. He rips the button's wires to pieces and all goes to black. The sun rises over Silver River as a few remaining clouds drift over the stubborn morning stars. Two weeks have passed since the night that wouldn't end, and all five of the friends have gathered at the train station to wish Chloe a well journey off to school. We hear Alan's thoughts.
2: It was bittersweet when Chloe left.
3: Au revoir! I'll send you plenty of pictures from California!
2: Then went Chris... Later, losers! And Zach, a week later.
4: Northern Michigan isn't really far, so if you guys got time, try and stop by before you go.
3: We will.
2: It got easier to say goodbye, but Hannah hurt
3: the most. Call as much as you can.
2: I will. I swear.
3: And if there are any sexy bandits at school... You have to tell me.
2: Hey, I grew out of that phase.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't give up on this.
2: I won't. Ever.
3: All right, um, I better go. I'll call you as soon as I'm there.
2: I'll be waiting.
3: Bye, Alan. Uh, If a train derails itself, stay away from it. Uh, I will.
1: Hannah is carried off into the trees, leaving Alan alone
2: but the last week I had to myself. It didn't feel as lonely as I thought it would.
1: A new train rolls into the station. Alan stands before it, bags in hand.
2: And when my train finally came,
1: the doors open. I didn't wait to hop on. Alan climbs aboard, is taken far away. The train chugs off into the distance and Silver River is left once again in quiet peace. The silence lasts only a moment, however, as another loud train comes blasting into the station, indicating our story may have an epilogue. What do you mean Brad Pitt won't play Double O double A well-aged Chris dressed in an ill-fitting brown suit yells over his smartphone as he steps off the train and takes a look at the town around him. The main street is cracked, the gated community no longer shines in the sun, and the watchful sea captain's hair is as gray as it has ever been. This isn't Silver River. This is Wapperton, Michigan, in the summer of our Lord 2020. 12 years after the town sold its naming rights, 14 years after the birth of Tyler Bach, and 23 years after a group of friends went out to search a derailed tree. No, I I can't go down to the studio. I'm on vacation. What do you mean I didn't tell you? I do this trip every year. Chris walks off the platform. He's grown from a freckled-faced beanpole to a freckled-faced beanstalk. Look, she's right here. I'll ask her. Yeah, I'll call you back later. Chloe! Chris calls out to a woman in a stylish pantsuit sitting in the Sawyer Pierce Memorial Park. What's this I hear about Brad Pitt not signing on to the project?
0: I'm not talking about work while I'm on vacation, Chris.
1: Oh, come on, Chloe. I thought you helped me out on this.
0: I'm not your agent, Chris. I'm Brad Pitt's, and he's not about to sell out to be in your James Bond knockoff.
1: It's not a knockoff.
0: You named him Double O Double.
1: It's a homage. Chloe, Chris. Hannah's rocking the mom jeans look better than whatever you're imagining now. She has a little boy in tow.
0: What are
3: you guys doing at the park? The Whopperton reunion party's set up back at the garage.
1: Ugh, don't call it that. Call it what? The Whopperton reunion party. It's Silver River.
3: The town name isn't going to magically change itself back, Chris.
6: Crazier shit
0: has happened before.
3: Yay. No swearing in front of Donnie. Oh, you've gotten so
0: big, Donnie. Did you miss your Aunt Chloe? I'm ten. And you're so
3: cute. Can I climb the tree? No. You'll break your neck.
4: Dad lets me do it.
3: Well, then he's in big trouble. Speaking of which, let's not keep him waiting.
1: They leave the park. (sighs) This place has gone downhill ever since my dad stepped out of office.
0: You just don't like that the new mayor has the same name as you.
1: That's not true. This place has gotten worse. I, I, I mean, look at the candle shop. Who's buying fancy candles in Silver River?
0: It's
3: Whopperton.
1: Not if I can help it. They walk through town to the old greenhouse whose white garage is lifted to reveal an interior preserved in time. Welcome to the 22nd annual Whopperton Reunion. Don't call it that. (laughs) What's got you all
2: wound up? Having trouble getting your spy script made into a movie? No. It's going great. It's
3: not. Have you been letting Donnie climb the tree at the center of town? What?
2: (laughs) Of course not. You did.
1: Lying will get you nowhere, Donnie. Go to your room. Donnie runs out of the garage. How does this place still look exactly the same? It's eerie, right? Zack! Zack stands in the driveway looking hotter than Hugh Jackman. He's in an expensive tailored suit and is rolling designer luggage case. It's me.
2: <laughs> Glad you could take some time off from making
4: your next biggest hit. <laughs> Are you kidding? The higher-ups have been pushing my team non-stop to get this game to market. I've been dying to run away and come up here. Was So making games turned out to be harder than playing them? <laughs> Who knew? Seriously, how did you get this place to look like this? It was all cleaned out when we were up here this last summer. Uh, we finally bought the house!
2: Gas! <laughs> Congratulations.
3: Alan's parents moved to Florida, and we bought it as soon as they put it on the market.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit far from Chicago, but uh, we always wanted a vacation home. Your vacation home
1: is where you grew up? That's kind of sad. Talk to me when your James Bond knockoff gets made. It's not a knockoff, it's a homage! The gang returns to their usual spots as a testament to muscle memory. Chloe sprawls out across her couch, Hannah sits next to Alan as she pops the cap off a Coke bottle, Chris shuffles a deck of cards on top of the old coffee table, and Zach sits in a beanbag chair facing the group. As the sun begins to set over Lake Superior, the stars dot a clear night sky in a brilliant sporadic pattern high above the party's heads. Alan watches his friends laugh and share stories as he returns to inner monologue.
2: When people leave this town, Some come back, and some don't. They pack up their things, make promises, and take a train to what they hope is something better. After that, it's on them whether or not they want to come back. Though, they're missing out if they don't.
1: Suddenly, a radio announcement comes on. Emergency broadcast from Waperton. Local boy Todd Watterson has been reported as missing. A curfew is now in effect until he has been found. Thank you, and we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
3: Should we check that out?
2: Absolutely not.
1: The end. (laughs) (laughs)
5: There
1: it is, my God. There it is, baby. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I was
0: wondering how it was going to tie back. Oh, wow. man. Wow. Oh, man. The same
1: radio announcer's been uh, employed for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: for real. And he doesn't age. And he
0: talks like this. <laughs> oh, my God. We did it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Woo. yo, we did it. Oh, my gosh. I, I am a little bit disappointed it didn't end on, hey, do you guys want to go throw rocks at something? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> I, again, th- not that the audience knows about that joke, but I almost did change the script. Wow. I'm like speechless. I don't even know what to say. Yeah.
3: That was that was a beautiful finale. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, I'm yeah,
1: emotional. Oh my gosh, you guys killed that. I was I was tearing up at the Hannah and Alan like the where Hannah was like I haven't seen you in twenty years. You guys knocked that scene out of the water. I was like really like I was upset and I wrote it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a better fantasy sequence than anything I could have predicted. It just felt so yeah, it right. It was
1: reality, like Nicole said. It was uh is it as, as real as it could get.
0: Sometimes
3: the the hardest things to face is reality. And I think that's what, you know, Alan had to face. Yeah,
1: oh my gosh. That was fantastic though. And also the uh what's the last line Alan has where he says, um, after that it's on them whether or not they want to come back, though they're missing out if they don't. That's a subtle hint to the audience that you don't have to listen to this, but you're missing out. Right, <laughs>
0: of course. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You can leave, you can come back. Right, right. Something
3: that uh, I want to point out that like, I just want to think about is Alan staying in Silver River caused Zach and Chloe to get married, but Alan leaving <laughs> changed that future. How did that happen?
1: hmm <laughs> I could explain the actual thought process on it, but I'd also, I'm also happy to just no, like it, let yeah, it I mean, around. you're
3: welcome to, but that was just like a cool thing I picked up. I'm like, where did that, like, what was the, 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 the catalyst for that? I'm interested. To me, that,
1: that almost makes it implies that like, that's the bad timeline. Like when I, like almost subtly, it's like, well, if, if it doesn't happen, cause, cause presumably right now we're in the good, like the ending seems to be the good timeline. Like this is the optimal ending for everybody. Which, again, is, is kind of like a subtle implication to me that, like, maybe Chloe and Zach aren't the best together? I don't know. I have no idea.
3: No, oh, that's a really good read on that, actually. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that, um, obviously, there's things like, Liam goes from being a Wall Street um, person to being, like, a high producer. And, like, that could be considered, like, okay, you, you had a better turnout. Um, but I think what I kind of sense from that is, like, The only person who didn't have something good to show at the end of of his result on that bad timeline was Alan. Everybody else still turned out all right, all things considered. So I think that's interesting.
4: Yeah, on that, because I I watched uh, About Time for New Year's, and uh, there's a very similar kind of vibe to that, where, you know, you can make choices that alter your your future, um, and not all of them are necessarily bad, but they're also not necessarily the ones that you want. And I think that that's my sentiment with, with regard to Alan's situation is that he realizes that he needs to let go in order to, to keep what he wants and have the kind of future that he thinks that holding on will bring him when in reality, it will just leave him destitute and, and all of his friends successful.
1: Yeah. Gosh. I mean, that was that struck me. I don't know. You guys just did killed that scene, that whole bit of all those all those things. Also, the whole scene where it shows what Alan actually wanted when they're all kids, that always, like, even, like, re- I felt, like, upset, like, when I was even writing that and, like, the idea of, like, them all being so happy. Like, you guys, you, I was watching Nicole, like, you never stopped smiling that whole scene. I was like, that's exactly, like, what we had to do. Like, I loved it. I mean, that was just, uh totally struck me.
2: Yeah. I, I think there's something about, like, saying aloud what it is you want what it is you fear. Um, You know, there's so much power to that. And I think it's cool that, like, you literally saved what Alan, saying what he wanted, he thought he knew, but ultimately he didn't. And he had to, like, come to terms with that. Like, I don't know what I want. I just think I know what's going to make me happy. And I'm afraid of the unknown.
0: Yeah. And that that idea of, like, like saying goodbye and and moving on and that idea of, you know, the fear of being left behind, that's something that, like, resonates with me personally. I I mean, especially with, like, this past year it kind of made it kind of head started a lot of goodbyes prematurely, I feel like for everybody. Um, between like graduations and and whatnot. And so like hearing like watching Alan have to come to terms that, come to that comes come to terms with something that I was struggling with a lot this time last year was like it hit me hit me very close to home and I think like Casey you did a like a great job. Yeah. Beautiful performance of that drama. Thanks, guys. Ugh.
1: Oh my gosh, Casey, you, you, you killed it. I was like, <laughs> I felt weird doing my like very monotone bandit things when you were like going to, to the heights and depths of the, like uh, voice acting performance.
2: Thanks guys. And now let's talk about something else because I feel uncomfortable if someone praises me for more than two seconds. <laughs> compliment him. Compliment
1: him.
3: Everyone tweet at Casey right now. Leave a review. <laughs> Please don't
2: visit my website, CaseyRehavio.com.
1: <laughs> Casey's Twitter is just about to get spammed in like a month. <laughs>
2: The one other thing I want to get on my high horse about and my soapbox is, like, storytelling is so essential for us as a species, as a society, and getting to do it in real time versus other times in which we get to, like, listen at a later point, but we get to, like, be here in the room to do it. I want to thank all the listeners for listening as we all kind of went on this journey together. So, you know, it's what we're put on this earth for, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, this is, like, what? I I, I hate to... I don't I don't want to talk about myself too much, but I do say, like, this whole... We came with this story like uh, back in when I was graduating from high school and now I'm producing it while I'm graduating from college and being able to do this is like it's very meaningful to see this thing happen after four years. And I'm glad that you guys first of all sat down to actually try this wackadilly like uh, stylistic storytelling thing where we're all doing it like asynchronously together. I don't think that's actually the right word, but we're all in the same room doing these cold reads, being able to talk before and after. It's probably the coolest way. I've ever done a podcast, and I think that the audience is like. I thank you guys for listening because I know that I was at the front saying you didn't have to, but we 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 fell we fell somewhere between uh it being an interesting experience and uh, Spotify buying it for two hundred million dollars. But I think we're closer to the $200 dollars uh at the end of this because boy, how do I feel incredible?
0: Declan, I want to I want to pick your brain. I'll I'll keep the mic on you for a second. So you came into this project really not knowing what if a premise like this would have worked, so I'm curious as to, like, like what are your thoughts now being on the under, other end of it?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, Patrick, our producer, when I brought it to them, they were like, this sounds really cool, but there's a good chance it's not going to work at all, and I was like, yeah, like, we have a plan to, like, maybe take this into an actual podcast format and do it, like, full-time, uh, but the idea was, like, well, let's test run it, I have these scripts that I've saved from years ago, and, I think after, not only during the audition process, I, first of all, as the platform released this to make an open audition, and it was like people from all sorts of countries came on to it, like wanted to do it. We had, I think we whittled down to like 50 people we had to audition through. And you guys were the cream of the crop of that five. And I think from our first read-through of those mock scripts we did, where you all sat down and bait, where your characters were just 10 pages in like uh, the garage, we left and I talked to Patrick and we both said like, this works incredibly well. Like, we didn't realize how well it was going to work. Like, we came down, we all were, like, joking. We, we, it was also the first time the five of us had sat, the six of us had sat down and actually talked. And we all hit it off pretty quickly. And we were immediately saying, like, this is going to work. This feels great. And every single episode felt better and better. Like, I know that the first and second one, I was a little bit choppy. But by five and six, I was over the moon, ready to sit down and, like, record this every single time. So, I I think that this is not only going to be a great format, and I think it did work. I think the audience is really going to love this, and it's something I would love to keep doing because, boy, howdy, was it so much fun to record with like every single time? I like look forward to coming to these recording sessions and being able to talk to you guys. Yeah,
3: I think like the only thing I'm sad that um sad about from this format is that you, the audience, won't get to see our faces that we made when some plot points came up. Like I, everybody's face, um when uh, that, that final announcer line came up, that was gold. And I'm so sorry you didn't get to see it, everyone, but it was great.
1: I, I feel like it's going to be surreal to like just listen back to these. Because again, I feel like my, like you said, like my, my experience of this is so like inextricably tied to like seeing you guys respond and talk like in this little Zoom window. So it'll be weird to just have nothing. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to use my mind. I'll have to imagine it all. Yeah, I do kind of wish we'd recorded these Zoom calls. I think we, I think we're doing the last one at least. So maybe we'll throw that on the Kickstarter as well. I don't know. So <laughs> if you can like see one where we can actually get the face, you
2: get a little peek into how often I cried and blew my nose on camera.
1: <laughs> Spoiler: it's a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> or even the moments where, like, I, I still love when Leo was like, "Let's go kill my dad." I, it was just like a big eruption of laughter like that. That stuff as well, I don't know if we can keep that in or not, because uh, we're going to do like sound effects and everything else underneath it, which is weird to say now at the very end of it. The, uh, that, I just realized how weird it will be for the listener to hear me say, we're going to put sound effects underneath this project. <laughs> uh, yeah, in episode six. So, yeah, <laughs> But having that on there, like I, I kind of I, we always debate, like, should we keep in those big laughters where all the characters start laughing for no reason or not? Like That's a big debate amongst ourselves.
2: That could be a trending quote. I really like it. Uh, what's your 2021 resolution? Beat the shit out of my dad.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he really he really came to that conclusion. That was, like, the first, like, yeah, let's just go fucking punch my dad. <laughs> and the
0: fact that he said it to his dad directly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have gotten smacked across the face, and then I would have lost my last name. Like, no question. Like, we are here to beat the shit out of you, old man. Like, I'm making the wound, and I'm adding some salt.
3: Here you go. His
1: dad has a very mild reaction to to your son bursting into your office and yelling at you.
3: <laughs> to be fair... The father's being a little bit of a supervillain, so. Right, yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. I just had the image of uh, Andy Samberg in in Hot Rod. Yes. (laughs) I'm gonna earn your respect. What an
2: adventure. I love it. Yeah.
3: They never gave up on each other.
2: No.
4: They
3: never gave
0: up!
2: (laughs) And the real treasure was the chaos we made along the way.
1: That it was.
0: Inside us all along.
1: Yes, there it is. Gosh, yeah, there we are. We we started the story, and now we come to the end. I I don't want to say bye, but... I guess we have to. <laughs> a- like, a- we have to close a chapter of our life. It has to happen.
0: Oh, no. Don't make me apply those morals to real life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you learned something <laughs> along this story. <laughs> That's just something podcast characters have to deal with,
4: not me in the real world. <laughs> I learned nothing from this experience.
0: <laughs> I'm, ten. <laughs> I'm 10. I'm 10. <laughs> I'm 10. <laughs> me listening to the Red Bandit's monologues about saying goodbye. I'm like, sir, I'm 10.
1: Enough. (laughs) Quick, if we keep talking, Declan can't end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We cared more about prolonging the podcast than enjoying it. All right. (laughs) Enough of my stupid jokes. Uh, I guess we won't see you next week or any time here, but we'll definitely get back to the regular show. And um, I don't know, reach and follow everyone. I know that we'll we'll have everyone's uh, stuff to follow uh, in the credits, but genuinely keep up with the cast. They're all going to be doing amazing things. And um, really, genuinely... Thank you for coming along. That was fantastic. Couldn't be more happy. And goodbye.
0: Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. See you
6: What? Wait. I don't want it to end. Screw closing chapters in your life. Where's the bandit? I want to make this show last forever. If only there was some sort of production company that might turn this podcast into a more long-term show. Oh, Wayward Nights is produced by Platform LLC, a production company. To learn more about Platform, check out their website, platformprodco.com, and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Platform is proud to have an open-door policy for any and all artists. If you're a creative with an original idea for platform-specific art looking to get produced, send an email to opendoor at platformprodco.com with a brief description of your project to schedule a meeting with the platform team. I'm sure they'll have a meeting over Declan's podcast format very soon. Casey Reha brought us home with a very heartfelt performance of Alan. Alan. Casey is a master when it comes to voice acting, and you can contact him at caseyrehobvo.com. Nicole Tuttle brought us home with her rendition of Hannah. She has an audio drama called The Lafreesian Chronicles, and she is on Twitter at Nicole Voice. Liam Mann brought us home with his performance of Chris. You can find him on his YouTube channel called Eggy McLeggy. I haven't been able to find it. Macy Mateer brought us home with her rendition of Chloe. She is on Instagram at musicwithmacy. George Copeland brought us home with his performance of Zach. Go find George on his Instagram, George S. Copeland. Declan Grogan kicked us out of our homes with his performance of narrator and, like several other people, Seth Barnes made that killer score, and he can make you an iller score as well if you email him at seth.dbarnes at gmail.com. Oh, Wayward Nights is written and created by Declan Grogan. Special thanks to Patrick Starner and Gabe Crute at Platform for many hours of editing, casting, general production. They've been a complete delight to work with. The team over at Platform does incredible work. As always, thank you to Audio Mint Network for having us aboard. For any updates on MyTown or MyTown-related content, follow My Town Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. I'll miss these lovable goons. Perhaps one day we'll hear from the Old Wayward Knights cast again, but for now we must say goodbye.
0: You were just listening to an Audioment podcast.